The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Wrestling to the Max Raw review for October 30th, 2017. And of course, we're brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. And make sure you go hit that subscribe button over at Wrestling to the Max, wherever you find it, maybe iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, heck, even YouTube. Just go hit that subscribe button. That'll give you all of our great shows. And, you know, we definitely appreciate that. Plus, don't forget to go rate and subscribe as well. Hey, and also don't forget Formula1Mania.com and LastWordOnProWrestling.com. Both are great supporters of ours, and we definitely appreciate everything that they do for us. Hey, and, uh, you know, I'm here once again. I am Gary Vaughn, and along with me is your host, Paul Leeser. hey and Paul, uh, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, I'm super thrilled uh, that we do cover Monday Night Raw. Not just because, you know, we do it and it's my favorite show or anything, but it's the fact that this year didn't land on Halloween. So I'm happy. <laughs> That's, uh, that didn't stop them from trying to make you think it was Halloween tonight, though, Gary. <laughs> I know, but they had to do all that hokey stuff, and they definitely put a lot of Halloween in this episode. You're right, and we'll get into all that. But I'm just being honest with you. It'd be hard to do this show, and hey, good for Harry and Liz. They're awesome. They do a great job over on SmackDown Live, but I'm just honestly thanking God that tonight I, I'm on the Raw brand. So, uh, But yeah, we've definitely got a lot of Halloween stuff here, and I'm stoked. So let's, let's kind of talk about this show. Show. Yeah, let's uh, let's just go ahead and jump right in here because Kurt Angle comes out after they show a recap video of what happened last week. They have the entire Raw roster out there on the stage, and Kurt comes down and apologizes because he let friendship by, uh, blind him last week, and that's how Shane was able to execute the uh, under siege uh, plan of attack on Raw. And this, however, brings out Stephanie. Uh, she's happy to be back. She hypes up Raw's 25th an- uh, anniversary that's coming up in January. Uh, and she's she's kind of disappointed with Kurt because she supported him uh, through the illegitimate child thing. And he was a great example and all these other things. But she doesn't want to hear any pathetic excuses about Shane. Shane is only doing this because he lost a hell in a cell and he's got to take out his anger on something. And says... You know, I don't want Raw to be a, be a mockery, and under your leadership so far, which has been incompetent and all this other, you know, bad stuff, it's it's really fallen apart. So we're going to bounce back in Survivor Series, and you, Kurt Angle, are going to captain the team, and if you don't win, I'm going to be looking for a new GM. Uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily missed Stephanie all that much, Gary, but what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, when you heard the music, you're just like, oh boy, here we go again. Uh, Demasculating Kurt Angle is about to happen. And it did, kind of. It wasn't to a severe level, I'll say that. Um, They were fair enough, but yes, at the same point, she still did her thing and, uh, you know, once again, tries to whack a guy's balls off right away. Um, But I'll say this I, I think everything that they put forward here made sense. It. It kind of gave us that angle we were expecting, right? That Kurt Angle would be the leader of Team Raw. You know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, you know, I'm not sure. We might have talked about this last week. I can't remember. It's been a week. Uh, sometimes I lose my mind in a week. But I, I know we had mentioned, you know, the possibility probably of Shane and, uh, you know, Kurt Angle both, you know, heading up the teams for their respective brands. And mm-hmm. right now, Randy Orton is the guy for SmackDown Live. But hey, Kurt Angle just had a match at TLC. Looked pretty good. I think this is a good idea. I, I kind of like it. It puts in place what we thought could happen. You never know. Shane could still join Team SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, but I, I think for everything she said, she pumped up Raw, you know, the 25th anniversary, all that good stuff. We got that information. Uh, but, you know, once again, I mean, I think that they gave us some of the things we wanted to know, kind of led us down that road of, okay, so it's, 
it's not about just Kurt Angle being angry. Now his job's on the line. So we could see Kurt Angle get into some stuff that maybe he hasn't reached yet. And I'll be honest with you, Paul. Kurt Angle on this episode of Raw felt like that GM that I thought we could get. And he was very uptight, angry at times. I liked it. I liked that emotion coming out of Kurt Angle. It wasn't bubblegum Kurt Angle. I, I think this might be one of the few times where Stephanie doing the ball cutting actually kind of pushed a character forward some. Uh, because, well, yes, this is just typical Stephanie coming back and doing what she does. They've never, ever really followed up on this very well, I feel like. Because Kurt gets basically yelled at by his boss and then turns around and decides, you know what? I, I need to make some changes. I need to start, you know, getting my ducks in a row going into this show because my job's on the line now. And, he, you know, all the times that she yelled at Mick, uh, it never really felt like it changed anything. It just felt like she was out here making him look silly, and that was it. You know, so I will say good on them for that. I like the move. Like, we did talk about Angle and Shane possibly being involved in the team so far, and Angle being the captain, I think, is going to make Raw at least somewhat more interesting because now you have him as the focal point focal point for looking for who's going to fill out this team because I think he's the first dude on the men's team whereas Randy is just you know confirmed for the team I don't know if he's the captain or anything like that and I feel like we'll see Shane kind of fire back tomorrow and I don't know if he's going to make himself the captain of the team or anything but I definitely feel like he's going to be in line to be on the show even more so after after tonight mm-hmm. yeah you're right and, and I think uh, you know, what the interesting thing here, too, is we're probably going to have more of these matches to kind of figure out those other four members uh, for Team Raw because of the fact that Kurt Angle takes one away from that roster. And that roster is going to be clamoring and a little upset that, you know, the GM gets a spot, but maybe they don't. <laughs> so I think that's going to cause a lot of good things for them because it's going to be a lot of drama. There's also going to be, I think, several, you know, multi-man matches to determine who gets those spots. So I think it actually brings some good things out of this. Now, I, I kind of wish I would have known Kurt Angle's original team. Who was the guy that may be losing out now that Kurt Angle's mm-hmm. on that team. That's what I would really like to know. Will we ever find out? Probably not. But I would have loved to find out who that fifth guy was that could have been there if Kurt Angle wasn't. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out going forward for sure. And uh, We go backstage again to see Kurt sort of groveling and thanking Stephanie for for coming out here and putting him back on the road to success. And then the Miz shows up, and, and uh, we have the big Bo Dallas return here. Uh, and Angle yells at him for being late and basically just turns into this tyrannical monster of, you know what, you're you're a coward, you're selfish, and all these other things. And that's when Miz sort of mentions that he doesn't approve of Kurt being the captain of the Raw team, uh, I'm assuming because he thinks it should be him. And Kurt says, you know what, you're going to defend the IC title tonight. And I'll, you'll know your opponent when you're in the ring, essentially. So uh, the Miz sort of gets turned into the punching bag for more than uh, one person tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing. You know, there's not a lot of superstars you can do that to mm-hmm. because there's a lot of superstars who can't talk their way out of that situation or who can be a good enough heel to, you know, basically make us feel feel like it matters i think there's a lot of heels you could say well oh boy you know okay whatever but i think you kind of at times sympathize with miz even though you sometimes really hate him so Mm -hmm. i i really did like that i love the 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 comment kurt angle makes here of you know where were you last week i mean you left us all high and dry and you show up late here now what's up with that you know and now since you did show up late you don't even get to find out your opponent i like all those components to me it makes sense. It's common sense, if you ask me, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like Kurt Angle is the boss, not just a – he's a star, Hall of Famer, just kind of hanging out on the Money Not Raw set. It feels like he matters. So once again, a great reason for what Stephanie did now, firing him up and, and of course, setting in this whole stuff with Miz going on tonight, sets in that all in motion. So I, I was very happy with this, and I appreciated that, and I think it worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, I uh, we'll, we'll keep talking about the Miz stuff as we go down. But once again, I think Kurt, uh, as you just said, basically metamorphed into a boss uh, in like two seconds because he got chewed out, and now his job's on the line. And you know, I, I, I 
as I said, th- I think this is the first time, or well, at least one of the few times, where this Stephanie coming in and chewing somebody out has actually changed a character. And I, and I really like that for tonight. Even if it's just for tonight, and it keeps going forward, hopefully, to Survivor Series, at least. Um, it's a nice change of pace for Kurt, who, who you're right, is basically just a Hall of Famer hanging out who happens to make matches every once in a while. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what I call bubblegum Kurt. Because it's 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 nice to see him. He's always smiling here and there. It just kind of feels good. And now I feel like you know he actually matters once again. And you know uh, you know you were completely right. Stephanie did do the right thing because you know it gets that fire underneath him. But she also a lot of the points she made once again gave us credence to some of the things in the past and gave us some credence to the, some of the things we're going to be seeing in the future. So I, I don't think she spent too long either. I think the time she spent here on Raw was just right. Got out of there, didn't stick around. Appreciated that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. That did not overstate its welcome. Uh, moving forward, we're going to move on and talk about the IC title match as The Miz defends against Matt Hardy, uh, who is his surprise opponent. This is this is pretty good. I mean, like it's Anytime you're going to see Matt by himself, though, you're going to see that age and time and all the bumps have really caught up with him. Uh, and he's slow here, but the crowd, for one, is just super hot the entire night. And secondly, I think Matt has more than made up for the fact that he can't go as fast as he can by playing up and utilizing mannerisms and gimmickry and all this other stuff. And that's what made the broken gimmicks work so well. And I think that's just what sort of keeps Matt relevant now is his ability to get crowds into what he's doing. Uh, and, and somebody else who is equally good at that, of course, is The Miz. And they, they have a pretty fun little 13-minute match here. The Miz ends up going over with a skull-crushing finale after, uh, after excuse me, after so, sort of spinning out of uh, a move that, uh, that Matt did, which is escaping me right now. But The Miz retains. That's the important part. And, uh, yeah, good match. Yeah, definitely. You know, and for me, it's one of those matches where I was kind of thinking to myself, okay, this could be good, but it may not be all that grand. You know, it's just, you know, kind of, but it actually worked its way around to being a pretty solid match. It was just entertaining. Um, I'm a big Matt Hardy supporter, of course, you know, and so anytime he gets in the ring, I want to root for him, get in there. And (laughs) I, I, you know, I don't feel like they took anything away from us in this. It wasn't a Miz squash or anything. He didn't just take out Matt. No, they got a good back and forth. Uh, lots of good moments in it, and you know it didn't take too long. I think that kind of helped Matt too. So, in the long run, I think it was a good match. And hey, it, it was just kind of fun too to hear the commentary because they had mentioned. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big historian, but I didn't realize that Matt Hardy has never held the Intercontinental Title. So another added thing to the match that made me kind of want to root for him. Like, oh come on, maybe they can steal it away for one night at least, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and we're, we're going to stick with The Miz going forward, uh, because later on in the evening, they're ready to go out, him and The Miz Raja go and celebrate with a night out on the town, however, as Miz goes into their locker room, there's a big bag of garbage in there, and uh, speculation begins to run rampant that Braun is back, so Miz starts running around to his former uh, teammates from TLC, he goes to Kane, uh, Kane... Uh, he tries to sway him sort of by bringing up that you and Braun still have beef and all this, and Kane says, you know what, Miz, you're on your own. And then the Miz ends up running to Sheamus and Cesaro. They tell him basically the same thing, so Miz decides it's time to pack up and leave. Uh, And as they're attempting to make their exit, Kurt Angle stops them and uh, basically goes with the dad voice of, you'll stay here or else. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) We get to see in the main event segment that this goes very poorly for them as uh, Miz is attempting to make it into his limo. Here comes a garbage truck. Braun Strowman's at the wheel, and he's ready to start a murdering, and a murder he does. Uh, Poor Curtis Axel gets absolutely annihilated with four power slams. Uh, Miz and Bo get tossed around a little bit, but it's mostly Axel who eats everything and gets slammed through the announce table to, to send us out on at least... A really fun note of Braun Strowman killing somebody because that's just just always good fun. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, here's the thing. Uh, this was throughout the night, and and I kind of appreciated it. You know, 
what they did here, once again, it didn't overstay its welcome because they spaced it out pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't, like, you know, hog, you know, an hour of the show just to kind of cut this angle. No, the really what they did is they really had a good spread of it. You kind of continually was reminded about what was going on with Miz and how they were going to handle everything. So it, it actually was great to see this to kind of come to fruition here at the end. And, you know, I think we all knew it was something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But but I'll, I'll say this. I, I did not expect the dramatic fashion that everything did take place when it came to Braun Strowman just having that much time to destroy, you know, the entire Miztourage, but especially Curtis Axel. They really put an emphasis on that. So, I, you know, for the most part, pretty happy with it. It sets the lines clear of what's up with Kane and, and, of course, the bar. They really don't have anything to do with Miz anymore, so don't expect any of that to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. You needed to kind of know that, and I think they did a good job of it. So, I mean, I, I, I really can't say that this was, you know, just amazing or anything, but I, I think it all had a lot of common sense to it and made sense. And it was a little over the top at the end. Is that's the, I think my biggest negative mark towards this is it really kind of had such a cheesy end. I mean, I, that sequence with the Miz in the you know the Miz and the Misteraj in the limo and they see Braun Strowman. It looked like a freaking B movie. It really did. Like they were scared. <laughs> you get a close up of Miz's face, and it was just really B movie ish until you got to the ring and all that stuff that took place. So a little cheesy, but that's WWE. They kind of do that sometimes. I, I, I think it was solid. It wasn't anything great, but it, it, at least it was solid. This felt like more tacked on Halloween stuff, if you ask me, because the B movie thing that you just mentioned definitely comes across. But it's basically a slasher film, right? The the big bad guy comes out of nowhere again when you thought he was gone, and basically murders somebody, and that's exactly what happened uh, tonight. So uh, I, I do always just appreciate watching Braun kill people. It's 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 a treat. <laughs> it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that part. It's 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 blast to watch, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm gl- I'm glad you did bring that up. I, you know, that it is truly a slasher movie because that's what you're going to see. Of course, Halloween night, everybody's going to be watching these scary movies, and mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 everybody's trying to get away and find a way out. The cops won't listen. The parents won't listen. And then at the end, they've got to figure out a way to get away from the bad guy. So that's kind of what happened here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll stick with the Survivor Series story train here as Angle is back in his office again, and Daniel Bryan shows up and tells him, you know, I'm here alone, I didn't tell Shane, none of the locker room is with me, I want you to know, though, that I had nothing to do with last week's attack, and uh, it caught me off guard, and I didn't really approve of it at all, and Kurt says, you know what, it doesn't matter, because I'm bringing my medals, I'm bringing the Raw roster, and we're going to take Shane and SmackDown out for good, so uh, this later leads to Brian somewhere in the back on the phone, and the lights go out, and here comes Kane basically to injure his old buddy, and to me, this really felt like a catalyst of pushing... Shane into action because now his GM's out and he's got to, you know, sort of step up to defend the honor of SmackDown now, I feel like. Yeah, and I could definitely see that. And it's, uh, you know, it's Raw's shot towards SmackDown for the fact that they couldn't come in on Tuesday night and, you know, get the revenge, right? So here's their shot. They took it. And now, you know, like you said, Shane's going to try to get his revenge somehow. And maybe that does put him into play uh, in in that, you know, Survivor Series match. Who knows? But I, I think it's a good moment. You know, it's kind of funny when all the lights go dark, you kind of think, oh, Bray Wyatt, right? That's the first thought I had, especially after seeing Bo. Um, but, you know, Bray being involved, it really, you know, it was kind of shaky, and I kind of was shaky about it myself. So it, it was kind of cool, though, to see it be Kane. And, you know, we all know Team Hell No was a thing. So it, it brings a lot of questions, and I'm sure they're not going to bring it up, but I think it's kind of cool to. To kind of see Team Hell No kind of revisit it, even though it was one of them choking slamming the other uh, mm-hmm. in the dark. So I doubt they'll mention it, though. Do you think Daniel Bryan will probably be off TV? They'll probably just kind of cut him out of Survivor Series because of this? I, I feel like he might be the surprise return at Survivor Series or something like that that sort of pushes it the other way. Because he's kind of invested now, too, right? He's had Kane take him out. 
and I'm assuming that Raw is going to have, if Braun isn't facing Kane one-on-one or something like that, I assume one of them will be on the Survivor Series team, and that'll play a part, and then Debry maybe coming out and messing with Kane might be a part now, because this, this really feels like it's going to go into overbooked territory, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... See, this is the problem because you have all the feuds on the selective brands, mm-hmm. and, and then you you have now the intermingling of the brands, and who's going to turn on who? Who likes who? You know, that's the thing. Who, you know, that's it's always a problem, right? Mm-hmm. When when you have these teams that are made up of just a bunch of guys thrown together, and sometimes they don't like each other, so it's going to be interesting the way they set all this up, and the way, they, especially you know, when it comes to the. You know, Daniel Bryan, Shamey Man, those people, uh, along with even Kurt Angle. So I'm really kind of curious how this is going to shake out. But I do appreciate they did visit this with Daniel Bryan because <laughs> what he I mean, he was a sympathetic character on SmackDown. Shane didn't want to hear anything from Daniel Bryan about, you know, being apologetic. So I like this. The innocent guy comes in and gets crushed. Mm-hmm. So now that innocent guy may not be innocent anymore. And, you know, once again, you know, I, I really do have a lot of questions now with Kane being involved in this. And why would, why did Kane even do it? That's that's another thing. Why? Because, you know, Kane didn't do it because he loves Raw, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you would think not. I mean, I, I would assume he could care less what he's doing, where he's going. But I just find that interesting, too. That, that's that's the little bit far-fetched thing I kind of see. Well, well, why? I wish they'd explain that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't really figure out why Kane did this either, but I don't know if you really need a reason for Kane to attack people anymore, uh, just because I think that's just basically been his gimmick the entire time he's been with a company. <laughs> I mean, you know, I have to ask this question. You're completely right, uh, but is his theme music changed a little bit? Has it, have they kind of tweaked it, is, it? It is different. Oh God, I hate it. I I, I love the old version. This one, I'm just not into. Uh, I mean, he. I don't think he's had a great theme since Slow Chemical way back during the early to mid-2000s. So I, I've never been a fan uh, of his new orchestra one either. I, I just – I appreciated the other one better than this one. Mm-hmm. I just had to throw that out there. And, um, you know, here's the one thing I know I spent a lot of time on Kane, but this just interests me because they got the 25th anniversary show coming up. And Undertaker is rumored and, and probably will be on that show. Mm-hmm. Are they going to visit any of this? Like, are they going to visit the Brothers of Destruction having any conversation? Things like that, because I really thought that would be, if they knew that Taker was going to be at this show, they really should have made Kane really unhinged. Not kind of unhinged like he is. I mean, I think they should have really made him super unhinged, which would have helped the Daniel Bryan thing, you know, because mm-hmm. he doesn't care about anybody. It would be very interesting also to see Taker kind of face him, because I would love to see Kane's reasoning for all this being his problem is because he's making revenge for his brother being basically taken away. That's interesting. I, I The only tie-in we have is, is the segment he did last week, right, where he, he wants competition and he's going to keep taking people out until he gets it, basically. Uh taking the the reins away from Braun Strowman, who is now back, and I'm assuming heading for a, a big match with Kane. Whether that's at Survivor Series or not, I don't know. But uh, something along the lines, like it's even tying that uh, this attack on Daniel Bryan in, into the promo he was looking for last week is still shaky to me, right? Because, I mean, we, we know Daniel Bryan hasn't been a competitor for a long time, and other than maybe just wanting to bury old grudges or something like that or feature an old grudge uh maybe that's what they're after here mm-hmm. yeah it could be and you're right and but you know we'll have to kind of follow it and see because really i think we're all still in the dark on that but that old grudge thing could be a situation we're looking at right in the face mm-hmm. um you know i i really question how long kane's going to be here too i mean i have no idea i should have looked at that mayor because the, the <laughs> is he running for mayor still? Did he lose? I don't know. I mean, the, the questions. I really have that question: Is he here to stick around? That's my biggest thing, you know. So I, I got to look that up. Yeah, I I I would assume that campaign is over because mayoral elections usually don't last very long. Mm, so he must have lost. That's a bummer because I, I think it'd been great to see Glenn Jacobs, you know. Kane uh, get a chance to do that. But hey, you know, at least WWE's another option for him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I mean we'll uh we'll figure it out on 
Sorry, I was just reading the mayoral thing. It only says he ran, but that was earlier this year. I, I would think he lost. Ah, okay, <laughs> yeah. So you're going to get more cane. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and we're not done talking about Kane yet either, because first up they have Finn Balor take on Cesaro, and they get almost 12 minutes or so with Finn getting the win with the double stomp to the back of Cesaro's head, and this was... This really felt like a, a strong comeback win for Balor that they immediately take away from him because Kane comes out, tombstones Balor on the stage, and uh, basically Kane ain't done murdering people. Even if, you know, and it, this really looks like it's setting up for a match with Finn down the road, too, of maybe a, a demon versus demon sort of deal. Uh, okay, here's the thing. I'm fine. If that does happen, but uh, let's let's not overuse the demon gimmick. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I'm very fearful of that because it seems like they're getting a little happy with it. And in fact, the TLC I, I shouldn't have seen the demon. If you ask me, I should have just saw Finn Balor because the Finn, yeah. the demon thing was for Sister Abigail mm-hmm. had nothing to do with AJ Styles. So I I just kind of blew it off and kind of but. I get worried that every time a pay-per-view comes around, we're going to see the demon, and I hope that's not the case. Let's put that thing off. Give me at least three-month break from the demon until you get to it. Um, that's that's my horse on that stuff. I, I agree with you. It made Finn look very strong here, and I appreciate it. Cesaro, to me, is a guy you just don't go messing around with because Cesaro right. is very strong, super athletic, has all the tools, and... Finn ha- is able to handle him and get the one, two, three. So I think that does give him a little bit more credibility. And, you know, sure, Kane does, you know, Powell drive him into the stage and all that. But, I mean, I-, I think, to me, at least the victory against Cesaro still helps him compared to that. I don't think that, to me, that takes away too much from Finn. It- it's just kind of normal stuff that happens here and there. I I mean, if it was somebody else, I mean, maybe it just... Kane in, in 2017, I don't think has a lot of appeal to anybody. Uh, and especially whenever you're squashing people who look to be your fresh crop of stars because I shouldn't say squash, but at least making them look silly uh, because he comes out next and has a match with Seth Rollins uh, and basically, I, I don't want to say schools him, but Seth sells like death form as they hit around the six minute mark before Kane puts him away with a choke slam. And you still have Cesaro and Sheamus at ringside. And here comes uh, Ambrose after the match to hit Dirty Deeds on uh, on Kane to sort of save him from the three-on-one beatdown. And here comes Sheamus and Cesaro and Kane back in. Kane tombstones uh, uh, Ambrose and sort of leaves everybody in there lying except for the bar, obviously. <sighs> Do you feel like any of this is really going to make Kane look any stronger heading into a match with Braun? Because I, I certainly feel like that's probably going to get settled before anything else Kane is doing right now. I don't know if any of this is really necessary. You know what? I agree with you. Uh, here's the thing. Kane, it, it, okay, now I'm going to use my silly analogies again, but I'll be honest with you. This is how I feel about Kane, and I love Kane to death, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not saying I'm a huge fan. I'll have his posters on the wall or nothing like that, but I, I love the character. I think it worked for the Attitude Era for sure. Post-Attitude Era, he still stuck around, kind of appreciated some of the things he did there. Team Hell No was a lot of fun. Uh, Kane right now is that uncle that comes around at Thanksgiving and you're just saying, okay, it's cool to have you, but stop telling those same old jokes. Like, mm-hmm. I've heard him a hundred times. Uh, oh, I heard that story a thousand times. And, and, you know, he was fun when you were a kid, but now he never got past all that and he's still doing it. He's not matured or, or understood that you matured. And I think that's the same way I feel with Kane right now. I kind of wish he showed up in a different manner and not try to be the same Kane because... Unless he has a super overhaul, it doesn't work. Like you said, this is an old veteran. He comes in. He's not faster. He doesn't look like he's any more stronger than he was. I think we're just kind of getting the same old cane with a bunch of new crop of superstars. And we're supposed to believe this guy is just amazing. He's just going through people, running through people. It doesn't work for me. I don't buy it. And I really honestly don't know if the people that have never really watched Kane are buying it. I, I can't say it because I have a history with Kane. But 
I'm assuming some of the young people watching the product now and haven't seen the Attitude Era are looking at Kane like, well, uh, you know, he seems strong, but, I mean, I I don't know if I really care. And, I, honestly, I don't know if I really care either. I, I get it. They need another big guy to go up against Braum. Big Show's not around right now. But I just – I'm not really buying it. I, I just don't have a lot invested in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm right there with you. I, I – if you want Kane to squash people, it can be lower people on the roster, and you just need to know that he's there. And I, even I don't mind him beating up people backstage. That's fine. I just I don't know if you need him out here squashing younger guys, you know, especially Dean and Seth and Finn, who realistically I think sell the brand or are selling the brand uh, because I don't think I, I think people like us like the Miz. I think everybody else just doesn't like him at all because he's he's so good at his job and. Uh, you know, without Brock around and all these other things, they're the real focus of the show. Um, and Kane just sort of making them look goofy just to serve him up to Braun feels really short-sighted to me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I just don't I don't like it a whole lot. I mean, I'm dealing with it. I'll say it that way. I'm politely dealing with it. Great I have- way to put it. That is a great way to put it. <laughs> politely dealing with it (laughs) yeah just like that uncle you know i'll listen to the story again but i'd rather be watching the game and eating turkey so Mm -hmm. so that about does it for kane and all that good stuff so we're gonna rewind back to the beginning of the night because something that made me insanely happy was the return of samoa joe who uh says who gets a huge reaction from the crowd first of all they are super into him he says, however, uh, he hadn't missed anybody. He uh, Nobody reached out to him while he was gone, so he doesn't care about anybody once again. And their disrespect will fuel him as he murders somebody. And that poor fool, unfortunately, is Apollo Crews. Uh, and Titus O'Neil, who gets choked out after Apollo is uh, done being served up to Joe here. I think Joe looked like a million bucks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he needed to. And this is Joe that... Well, he never skipped a beat from being gone, mm-hmm. and I think that that needed to be done, you know. And uh, you know, Apollo Cruz, Titus O'Neil, I kind of feel bad for them because once again they get to be picked on just for someone else, and eh, it's the same old thing with those guys. But I just Joe is Joe. He comes out with a strong promo. I, I liked it. I liked from some of the things he said, you know, basically saying the audience was really never there for him. Mm-hmm. And, and then continued on here with this match. Had a, had a decent match with Apollo Crews. Took care of business in a decent time span. And then throwing his gum at Tyus O'Neill. Oh, it's, it's just great. So, you know, I, I think, you know, this is something that if they're going to bring him back, they had to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this feels very much like you're powering Joe up to look like a dominant member of the Survivor Series team for Raw, which I have absolutely no problem with. And, of course, if you follow Joe and Kurt Angle outside of WWE, you know there's a lot of history there as well. Uh, so Angle sort of maybe placating to Joe to to be on the team could be some real fun down the line. Yeah, let's just keep away from that main event mafia stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get these other small little bits out of the way before we talk about the women who get a solid portion of the show here. Uh, first up, we get to see some decorations being put up because there's going to be a trick or street fight, Gary, and, uh, Rhino and Heath Slater, uh, are out in costumes. They are Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus, uh, which is pretty funny. And the Good Brothers, of course, are their characters from Southpaw, uh, which of course is Tex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad who maybe are the best part of that show. (laughs) Uh, And it's sad days, Gary, when you can't beat Rhino and Heath Slater in the tag team division right now because the Good Brothers end up falling after uh, Anderson takes a pumpkin to the head and then eats a spine buster through the table from Rhino, and that's all she wrote. Uh, I wish I could say the match was good, but the fun really ended at the costumes. Uh, yeah, and let me just say this. I really, really feel bad for, I'll say, three-fourths of the Bullet Club. And what I mean by Bullet Club is the guys that came from Japan that were a part of the Bullet Club and came to the WWE 
And now that the WB is so focused on, you know, hating the Bullet Club and making anybody who's associated look stupid, well, AJ Styles is one of the most premier athletes, one of the best wrestlers they have on the roster, if not the best wrestler. I think probably the best guy that they have. So, you know, he gets treatment that's nice and kind, and he gets to win. Uh, but Finn gets to look silly a lot. Now you have the good brothers here. Uh, Anderson and uh, Gallows getting a chance to, to, to once again look silly. And it's not about the match itself. I'm not going to say that. Mm-hmm. But once again, they take the fall. And I have a weird feeling that this is all based on just WB just not liking the Bullet Club stuff. And they're picking on these guys. I know, maybe I'm completely wrong, but it just feels that way. It really does. You know, AJ Styles and Finn do it too sweet. And the next thing you know, Finn Balor is getting jobbed out. So it just makes you, <laughs> I mean, it just feels a little bit wonky here. But it, whatever. I'll talk about tonight's match. I'll, I'll stop having my conspiracy theories. JFK stuff will come out sooner than this this man hating the Bullet Club stuff. Um, so nonetheless, I, I think, you know, you got what you expected out of this match. It's going to be corny. It's hoagie. It's a Halloween match, for God's sakes. Yeah. And, and, you know, they do this kind of stuff. We don't have the mud wrestling or the, the pudding matches anymore, things like that. So this is kind of the equivalent today. And I'll say a couple things here. One thing I didn't need to see was Rhino bent over a table in a Mrs. Claus outfit. That was... <laughs> <laughs> disturbing um i i'm surprised i finished raw for this episode uh because i was not happy with that uh that was not a treat that was more of a scary thing uh <laughs> but none, i'll get past that and to talk about the fact that i would have rather seen this in fast forward with silly music and it would have been way better it would have been fun but I get it. It's it's live. It's on you know prime time. It is what it is. It's just a silly match, and, and it's fun for the kids. It's what it did. I I don't know. I, I'm a little lost here, Paul, because of the fact that I don't want to crap on this because I get why they're doing this, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm like, oh, just I, what does it matter? It doesn't. This is five minutes of straight up filler and placating to Halloween being tomorrow. That's that's all this is. Uh, just <laughs> that's that's really it. Oh, you know, once again, I mean, it, it had some funny moments. Don't get me wrong; yeah. it did have the silly, funny moments. But you know, at the same point, I'm just like, oh boy, this is just so. T- I, I forget that guy, the British guy. I can't believe I forgot his name. That run around in the field, to do that fast, you know, in the music play. Benny Hill! I would have loved this in Benny Hill style. I would have would applauded have it. Especially the uh, rhino no-selling getting hit by a fake tombstone uh, <laughs> and then putting a pie in Gallo's face. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> they should have just paid the boogeyman for one night to be on this show. They usually do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they usually do. Uh, on the cruiserweight side of things, you have Enzo come out. He uh, He has Drew Gulak with him. Uh, and he starts running down Kurt as well since he has beef with him, signing Kalisto still and all this stuff, and Enzo says that Kalisto isn't going to be getting the championship back, and you have Drew once again doing Enzo's lines better than Enzo, if you ask me, using the proper English and all that. It's it's just good fun. And then Kalisto comes out and squashes Drew Gulak in a minute, That's and, and Enzo attacks him post-match. Yeah, that's... Uh, as a segment, uh, you, you know, uh, can I rate it any better than I rated this last thing we just talked about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still know. Um, okay, so they want to do the two the two hundred five live the cruiserweights and have them on the show, uh, and they did do it in about a minute and a half. It feels like uh, Gulak was the best part of this. I love Gulak. You're right. Yeah. It, it was funny, you know, him doing his best a white bread impression of Enzo Amore. Uh, so I think it was it was nice. Um, but you know, I I just I don't know. I mean, I, this this whole situation with Enzo has been. I guess really good for that division because people are watching 205 Live a little bit more and they're paying attention. But this seemed like they were told, hey, you guys have to give them some time on Raw, right? And Vince is like, oh, okay, let's just throw them out there for a few minutes, get it done, and get them out of there. And mm-hmm. that's what it was. I mean, there's not a lot here. Gulak loses uh, really honestly too quickly for me to, to even care about what's going on. So 
eh, there you go. Cruiserweight action for about a minute and a half, and now you just have to check out 205 Live to see more. Yeah, if this does anything to make you want to watch 205 Live, then hats off to you. But the, this, <laughs> for everything good I said about them making you want to watch Tuesday last week, they give you nothing this week. So <laughs> Exactly, and good luck now because Halloween night's on that. You know, so mm-hmm. doubt you're getting very many viewers that night at least. At least it's on demand. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we just have the ladies left to talk about. Uh, Alicia Fox, uh, first we get some highlights of her beating Bailey last week to be the captain of the Raw Women's Survivor Series team. She comes out dressed up like a captain uh, from, from the military almost, uh, and says, you know what, I don't have time for a match tonight, I gotta put my team together, so Nia Jax is gonna take my spot. And Nia Jax does so against Bailey. About eight minutes or so, basically this is here to get enough in for Bailey to make sure that it looks like she can compete. While Nia gets to look strong, and she ends up getting the victory after a spear and a leg drop. You basically summed all that up, so I don't have to say anything else about that. <laughs> um, but it, 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 that's what it was, though. I mean, yeah, it, it's true. there's no joke. I mean, what you just said is how it worked. There's no problem with it. It's just they kind of told you the story in those eight minutes of Bailey. You know. Can't compete with her. Don't don't think it's a squash, guys. But in a way, we kind of want it to be because we need Nia Jax on this team. And I like the fact that they've got Nia Jax on this team. I really, really do. I don't know right now if the audience or myself really care if Bailey or Sasha Banks is on that team. Like, I know they probably will be, or, or at least one of those girls will be. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, I just don't know if it's a big deal. Right now... I kind of am okay with this, and it sounds funny because usually I'm rooting for Bailey and saying, "Man, I really wish they wouldn't, have, you know, let her lose here." Uh, to me, actually, this was perfectly fine. I have no problem with it. Hey, I, I, I if you got to say Bailey for something else, do that. It's hey, I don't even need her on the the Survivor Series team. So, no, no, not hating on her. I'm just saying, Nia Jax to me fits the bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Alicia makes Jax her number one pick for the Survivor Series team. After the match is over, for you know, it, it does really feel like they're poising Alicia to sort of be uh, another another heel to mess with for now, and actually make it feel like she matters uh, so much so that it's going to end up. It looks like it's going to end up costing Raw the women's Survivor Series match because she's going to go about using her grudges against Sasha and now apparently Bailey to sort of build a team without them. Even though I'm pretty sure Raw's going to end up with Asuka uh, on their team, which really makes me think that something else might happen to where Asuka is the sole survivor or something like that. But I I don't know. Um, uh, We're going to talk about this on our main episode of W2M, but obviously with Emma and Summer Rae gone, your, your choices of ladies to put on the Raw Survivor Series team aren't really numerous <laughs> right now. Yeah, and you get you know we also have to throw in the fact that you can't use the women's champion either. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you take away another talent from your roster. That, that's the only thing that makes me think that there could be a possibility where they have no choice but to use Sasha. They have no choice but to use Bailey on this team. And if that's the way it works out, that's the way it works out. Um, but you know, nonetheless, I don't think that they're going to be the basically the focal points of that raw team. I just don't. I think mm-hmm. they're going to be kind of background players. And if the match actually brings them out and starts a new feud or a new storyline for them, that's great. That that's the awesome thing. But besides that, I think you're right. This is about more about Alicia Fox. It's more about maybe even Oscar. And I, I'm completely fine. If it comes about, you know, the whole thing with Oscar and you saying that she clears the ring and she's the lone survivor. I, I think that's great for Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and legitimately putting my mind to it, maybe outside, I think Mickey James would be the only one uh, left that's that would fill it up, right? So it'd be Alicia, Naya, Sasha, Bailey, Mickey, and that's it. Or Asuka, oh, I forgot Asuka. So maybe yeah. Sasha doesn't end up on there or something like that, but it could be i just right now i don't know i mm-hmm. uh, you know why would they make or choose mickey that would be my biggest question what what would entice them to even use her that's that's something that i would kind of have to question that's that's a great question uh, cuz 
really making Alicia Fox the captain of the team was already perplexing enough. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have too many questions with the Raw team. That's true. Uh, how, speaking of Oscar, though, uh, she gets to squash Stacy Cullen later on in the evening. I think this is more of what I've been looking for—is her just straight up killing folks, and she beats her in less than two minutes. It's wonderful. Yeah, you're right. And you know, I thought to myself, they they listen to us. They mm-hmm. and they really heard Paul probably screaming his head off, like "Do it!" And so, yep, they did it. There you go. I mean. They're gonna have to, you know, really showcase why Oscar's, you know, this unbeatable person and why uh-huh. why she matters so much. And so there you go, uh, a squash match, but it's needed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, uh, last but not least, we have Alexa Bliss walking into Kurt Angle's office, uh, and she talks about maybe needing to cut some of the dead weight from the division. Um, like, like Mickey James, uh, and says, you know what, we could replace them all with young talent from the Mae Young Classic and all this, and we, we would have a stronger division, Kurt. And you know what, Kurt fires back with, Mickey stood up for the brand last week, so tonight, Alexa, you're going to defend your championship against her since Angle ain't buying the, the kissy up, uh, kissing up, excuse me, of, of Alexa. And that is your main event match for the evening. Uh, they go about, 11 minutes or so Alexa retains and I don't know it this was this was solid work it just it lacked all the story elements that I think their pay-per-view match had yeah you know I I think they were trying to revisit it and really it didn't need to be revisited uh and maybe that's the hang-up on my end I, I thought maybe I just was not Super enthralled. I think it was a decent match. I think that you know both are, are talented enough to give you a decent match, but I'm, I'm right there with you. There was something lacking, and I didn't really know what it was. And maybe that's what you're saying here is a story. Mm-hmm. It's just not there. Um, but you know, uh, uh, you got to give credit to them for making this one of the, the last parts of the show, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Where you know the women's division, you know, once again technically gets the main event match, right? It, right. They, they, she doesn't close out the show, but technically gets the main event match. So you got to be happy for them. They promoted it very well. So it is what it is. But I mean, I think they just kind of prove a point that hey, Alexa Bliss is your champion. Mickey James is not going to be back in that picture. Uh, for a little bit at least, until you know, Alexa Bliss is not your champion. So I, I think it worked out okay. I'm not going to say great or anything, but okay, and that's fine. I, I will say this though, Paul. I, I died uh, during that promo or that that little interview with uh, Kurt Angle or whatever you want to call it, uh, because I love her talking about the May Young Classic girls and the fact that they could come. And she says, "Heck, you could even uh, go dig up May." <laughs> Oh my god, that was the best thing ever. I thought at first I thought to myself, "Oh my god, May Young's family is probably horrified." And then I thought to myself, "May Young would have loved every second of it." Yeah. <laughs> she was truly up for anything. <laughs> yeah. So, I just had to throw that in there. That was probably one of my favorite moments on Raw. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that covers everything on the show. Um, at least everything that's worth talking about. So we just got to put a number on this bad boy, Gary. What you want to give it? Uh, you know, you, you you feel for WWE because when they get around the holidays, uh, especially like you know Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, those are really difficult times for them because people are out doing other things and they're trying their best to grab your attention and keep it. I, I don't know that this episode of Raw really did that. They had some good things. I I think the whole Miz thing was really good with the Miz Taraj. Um, not great. I think that, you know, the, the women's division actually tonight was not terrible. I think that they actually gave you some, some matches to care about, right? Mm-hmm. Some things that the stipulations, uh, championship match, things like that. Those are great things to have on just a Monday night raw. So I think that's a positive for the women's division, but the rest of this show was just kind of very ho-hum for me. I I will say this. They they gave me a great match with Miz uh, and Matt Hardy for the start of the show. I really liked that one. Some of the other matches were good, uh, but not anything just over average. So I'm going to go with a six here, and that may be pushing it a little bit, to be honest with you. I almost gave it a five, but I'm going to give it a six for the fact that they – 
did give me a little bit more than they probably should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is kind of hard because this, you're right. This is not a great show by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know if it's so bad that we're talking like three or four territory. Um, because there's the Intercontinental title match is good. I enjoyed Finn and Cesaro's match as well. I enjoyed Samoa Joe coming back. I admittedly, while I'm usually not a fan of Stephanie absolutely cutting off somebody's balls every time she gets on the microphone, I, it played into a story this go around, which I really appreciated from Kurt all evening, which drove the action. Uh, and from that point of view, I think that that's basically all the successful bits. The women. Definitely were a focus. I don't know if we got a lot of quality stuff, but everything's moving along at a brisk pace here going into Survivor Series, and you can't really fault them for that because they they could have absolutely slacked and just given you an absolutely ho-hum three hours of nothing moving. That stuff is moving forward here, and at least there's progression because we've watched some Raws where just absolutely nothing's happened. Nothing is happening. So... Uh-huh. I'm going to go with, I think you were right before you, you gave your rating. I think a five or maybe a four and a half is probably the right range here. It's Parts of this are good. Other parts of this you could just absolutely do without. Uh, it's just, they tried. They sure did try. I think that's, maybe that's what I should give it. They sure did try. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's better than any number you could give it, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, I really want to give it a five, but I'm going to give it, I'll go ahead and give it the six, and I'll say this, it's a treat for me to the WWE, but not only that, it's for that line that Alexa Bliss gave over, go dig up Mae Young. Oh, man, I <laughs> One still... One whole point right there. <laughs> just, there you go, I much appreciate it, so... Uh, but yeah, that's our show for tonight for Monday Night Raw. Uh, we definitely appreciate everybody who's coming to check this out. Make sure you go check out W2Mnet.com. And don't forget to go subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling to the Max. Please do it now if you haven't already. Hey, and also big thanks over to FormulaOneMania.com and last word on ProWrestling.com. Both are great supporters. I appreciate them a whole lot. And one last thing here, guys. This is Halloween, and we definitely hope you guys are safe. And make sure you go and take care of your business. Have fun. Go to the parties. Go make sure you take those kids out trick-or-treating. Whatever you're doing on Halloween, just be safe. And please, please listen to us. Don't go drinking driving. Don't text and drive. Make sure you're focused because there's lots of people on the streets. Please be safe. I'll be out there. I want to be safe as well with my family. So just do us a favor. Please go do that. Let's all go have a great Halloween. We definitely hope you have the most spookiest, spectacular time ever. Go get you know uh, your, your blaze and fun on or whatever you do. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Just don't do it to hurt anybody else. There you go, guys. So thanks again once again. Uh, we appreciate all of you. See you guys later on. Have a good one, guys. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.